No, like actually, like it, we're not gonna get this done if you keep laughing. Okay, go. Welcome to episode three of Smart Casual, the mother-daughter podcast where generation gaps and pop culture overlap. This podcast is hosted by corporate law dropout and stay-at-home daughter, Charlotte, that's me, and Lexi, pop culture encyclopedia on legs and the alleged inspiration behind Matilda's Miss Honey. That's you, mum. Thank you. (laughs) Coming up on today's episode, we discuss the concept of the almond mum. What is it? What does it mean? Do you have one? Or maybe are you one? But first, mum, can you give me your recommendations for the week? Can I give you two this week, Charlotte? Is that going to test your patience? Um, I don't know if that's allowed. We might have to have an AGM and see if it gets passed by I'm the board. I'm giving you two. Just get ready for them. First one, it's a bit on topic. I've actually had this one brewing and... But it, it's good for today's episode. It's an article from the May um, edition of Vanity Fair. And it's called The Medical Medium and the True Believer. And it's about uh, this he's sort of cult famous self-built clairvoyant. He's a New York Times selling um, best-selling author called Anthony Tazone. And uh, the article deals with his effect on this young woman that was captivated by him and ultimately, following his advice, ended up dying. But read the article. It's fascinating. And just in all this sort of self-help and um, wellness wellness stuff, it's really interesting. My other second quick one is Mm. a really trivial one, but do yourself a favour, go out there, Google the... um, Natalie Portman, the actress, mm. uh, her dress that she was wearing to the Cannes Film Festival, she wore this recreation of an original Dior mm. by the House of Dior. Okay. And, um, oh, my God, it's just stunning. We'll it's, have to post it to the Instagram. Do it. She's supposed to be a peacock. <laughs> okay. It's sort of designed to look like the feathers of a peacock. And okay. she just looks beautiful. And if you're over in Paris, you can go to the um, – there's a gallery of all the original Dior couture gowns and the original one, which Christian himself designed, Yeah, uh, is there. Okay. What, where's this gallery? Do you it's know? in Paris somewhere. Okay. Thanks for the detail. I don't know. Just <laughs> Google just it. Put it on the web notes or whatever you call the information on the page. Oh, the show notes. The show notes. Now – so they're my two recommendations. Try and beat them, Charlotte. Go for it. Mine is definitely going to be popular with the younger generation. Whether or not you're into reality TV, whether or not you're into Bravo, you have to watch Vanderpump Rules in preparation for part one of the reunion that's happening on Thursday night. It is honestly a Shakespearean drama of the worst people you will ever meet who are all above 40 or nearing 40, acting like the most despicable teenagers. It is so bad. It is a train wreck, but there are heroes, there are villains, and it really is something that even people that won't like reality TV 
will be in the corner of the room standing with their arms folded watching because it is so bad it's good. I Look, I, you've got me on board here. I'm not averse to a bit of reality TV, but <laughs> I didn't think I'd sink as low as the... VPR. The, yeah, the Vanderhump rules people, but this little drama's got me in. Scandal. Got me in good. Yes, very good. Recommend it even if you don't like reality TV. So, Mum, what is an Armin Mum? Do you know what that is? An Armin Mum, I, I know what this is very recently, is a mother who passes on her own disordered eating habits or views to her daughter or son, I suppose. That's a pretty spot-on definition. It's basically a mother who kind of passes on their toxic views on diet, body image and food onto their children, but specifically their daughters. It's typically a bit of a mother-daughter relationship and it often comes about in small ways. It's not a full-blown eating disorder, but it's kind of the way that this insidious diet culture, beauty standards for women creeps their way into the home in a way that, you know, you're not hungry, just wait 15 minutes or have a handful of almonds. And the reason the term kind of really blew up is because a clip from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills 10 years ago resurfaced on TikTok. And in that clip, Yolanda Hadid, who is the mother of Gigi and Bella Hadid, the famous models, Gigi is on the phone to Yolanda saying, Mom, I'm feeling lightheaded, I'm feeling dizzy, I'm really hungry, I don't know what to do, I'm on set. And Yolanda's response is, take one, maybe two almonds, eat them and chew them really well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Imagine. Yeah, so this girl is like starving, but her mum, being a model herself and wanting Gigi to be making it as a model, her advice is, you know, you can have a handful of almonds. And it's also kind of in on TikTok as well. There's often been a lot of sketches about how, you know, there's no snacks in my house. There's only almonds in the cupboard because, again, it's the way that diet culture is in the home. Yes. So, yeah, pretty spot on, but it obviously has its origins in the term itself, not the concept, in reality TV and pop culture, which is why... I thought we'd talk about it today and considering we are mother and daughter. Well, I'm feeling like I'm an almond mum then because (laughs) (laughs) because not so much for yourself but with your brother who really doesn't love healthy food, he would just eat junk food the whole time. So he would come in and say to me, there's nothing in this house to eat. But it's not because I'm trying to keep him skinny, it's because... He I'd, wouldn't eat a vegetable if no, it was available. No way. He would just, he'd rather eat a packet of Tim Tams or. No, I don't think that is an almond mum. I don't think that is quite. I mean, maybe I'm being an unfair referee because you are my mother, but usually an almond mum is like a step above that. It's something where, you know, there are comments on, oh, do you really need that extra bicky or. Well, you've got formal or, oh, oh, don't wear that. That's terribly unflattering. It's just kind of the ways in which that mothers, you know, honestly, not necessarily through their own fault. Like your generation has been way more indoctrinated 
from generations ago with body image and you know magazines and not having any kind of idea of body positivity really in the media right absolutely and that's how you've kind of formed your relationships between with food and exercise diet body image and then that's unconsciously that's how you're raising children not you specifically mum just generally so I think a lot of it's just like small things and comments that are done unknowingly um that would never amount to a full-on eating disorder but I think the older I get the more I definitely think you notice there is quite a gap in the relationship between at least food it's quite obvious to me between food uh with your generation and my generation and attitudes towards it you think so? would you agree I, I don't know that I do agree with that. What Can you explain that a bit further? What do you mean? What Give me an example of a difference between attitudes between food. Well, I think let's go back to the idea of the almonds. You know, there's it's an ongoing joke among my generation of mums being like, oh, I'm so full. I've already had a handful of almonds today. Right. No, I'm, I can't possibly eat. I'm, I'm stuffed. And... It's like, no way are you stuffed. You've just suppressed your appetite for years because you want to keep yourself slim because, you know, that's what society's pushes on women, right? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, yes, obviously there are stuff, the eating disorders, whatever, with my generation, but I feel like it'd be, oh, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat, or just because I have a burger today doesn't mean that I'm going to be fat. I'm not going to put on weight for the rest of my life if I have a piece of chocolate cake. I I disagree. I think the only difference now is that you girls disguise it as wellness and so con yourselves a little bit that what you're doing, not not you personally, but the this generation sort of glosses over disordered eating as they're doing it for for a wellness type thing so they might pretend they've they do a self-imposed um cleanse cleanse or they do a self-imposed oh you know i'm gluten intolerant yes that kind of thing whereas self-imposed allergies and food restrictions are really common i actually don't think that is generational though i think that happens across generations i mean you know who is like number one celebrity face of wellness Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, and she is a Gen X. Oh, and but my goodness, did you, like, this is on topic, but that recent interview she did mm. where she was saying what she was eating because she bone had broth. long COVID. The bone broth. I mean, not enough to keep a sparrow alive. I know. So her diet, she was like, I wake up and I have a bowl of bone broth. No, and- she had nothing until oh, midday. Yes, that's right. She fasted yeah. black coffee, bone broth, vegetables Vegetables. yes and like it and throughout that interview mum you know she was hooked up to an iv for nutrients that's nuts i was like that cannot be right you know obviously everyone is entitled to do what they think is best for their health but i think the problem is when you're a celebrity especially someone like gwyneth paltrow who has a platform that is about health and wellness ostensibly right Mm. People are going to think, oh, maybe that's a good idea if she's endorsing that. Mm. 
and I'm sorry, there is no way that is healthy. Like if you're getting, like next the trend will be to be hooked up to a feeding tube, like a someone that's sick in hospital. This is sort of my point that, okay, the arm mum thing in one way you're absolutely right because when I grew up it was the, you know, you were on diets all the time. People were always talking about being on diets, calorie controlled, you know, everything was low fat. Um, that was a huge thing. And you you did talk about calorie restricting and dieting a lot, whereas now people talk about their you know, lifestyle and their, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing this juice cleanse or... I'm I'm doing intermittent fasting or I'm doing and it sort of glossed over to be a wellness thing. It's not as honest in some ways as just saying I'm on a diet, I want to be skinny. Yeah, I think the beast of a diet culture and toxic body image as as particularly with women has just evolved and morphed and it's taken this form as you said where people can say oh you know I'm I think um my tummy doesn't agree with milk or dairy Mm. uh, sorry dairy or gluten or I'm doing a juice cleanse for a week um because I've got a parasite or something Mm. when obviously that may be valid in some cases when you've been checked by medical professionals with a degree and qualifications not a self-imposed yes but this it's it's like yeah maybe in some ways more insidious because maybe the people uh, i've never done one of those but maybe if you're doing that you're kind of conning yourself as well into thinking it's not about my weight or how i look it's about feeling great Absolutely. And I think when you're obviously on a diet and you say to your mum, if you're a teenage girl, okay, I'm on a diet and I'm restricting myself to a thousand calories a day. Well, that's incredibly low. Whatever it was at the time, there was a beginning and an end to it. Yeah. Or is this what, well, there should be, unless it really blew into anorexia or bulimia. Or is this sort of wellness craze, is that little bit more um, vague in that? Yeah. Have you heard of orthorexia? I've heard of orthorexia, yes. So that kind of encapsulates it. So it's basically the idea of where you are so obsessed and regimented with eating healthily and the idea of health and wellness that you can never stray from that. So you're always counting calories. You you may be eating enough, Mm. but you would be incredibly stressed if you, you know, didn't eat healthily, if you got the white bread instead of the brown bread, if they didn't have brown rice instead of white rice. It would really... It's still a massive focus. Your food is still a massive focus. See, I would think I had orthorexia in my 20s. Really? Uh, Absolutely. So I, uh, as you know, was a little plumpy... And, um, so explain to the audience. <laughs> well, I was a plump child from probably 
you know, when I hit primary school and then all through my teens. And look, surprisingly, I had a very um, healthy ego despite being bullied regularly about it um, both in primary school and high school. In fact, poor old grandma took me to Weight Watchers when I was in year eight because, not because I asked her to, but because I was getting punched all the time <laughs> by this bully in, in high school. Sorry, why was gra- – sorry, that is so messed up. A four, taking a 14-year-old to Weight Watchers, 13, 14-year-old, as the solution instead of going to the principal and saying, this kid is being bullied and punched because she's fat and called fatty, let's – Maybe deal with that behaviour instead of making you go to Weight Watchers. That's so messed up. I'm not going to name the girl, but every time she passed me, she'd punch me and say, you're fat. Mm, (laughs) Yeah, you're a bully, so what? But anyway, regardless of all that. In your 20s, what happened? Yeah, so regardless of all that, I had a healthy sense of self. Sense of self. I I thought I was great. In my 20s, I had a very long-term boyfriend who you know, I was head over heels in love with and he said Mm. to me one day, oh, your weight holds me back a bit. And I was absolutely shattered. So instead of kicking him to the curb, I decided I was going to lose lose weight. Should have just gone back to Weight Watchers. That was probably... No, you should have just dumped him. All right, yes, I definitely should have. But I didn't and I um, went on, I bought a little calorie book and then restricted my calories. And whilst I was definitely wasn't anorexic or bulimic, I was really, I think, orthorexic in that um, I, it wasn't so much for wellness about me, but it was about, I knew the calories of every food that I I probably memorised that calorie book. So... I was really restrictive in what I ate only to what I could measure the calories of. So I would start avoiding going out for dinner and things like that. It really would freak me out if Mm. I couldn't work out exactly how many calories I was eating. So, um, yeah, I I think I fell into that for a while. How did you get out of it, do you think? When when did that change for you? Um, I think I just came out of it. I just, life sort of got too busy and I didn't have the energy to focus on it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, at that point I was at teacher's college. I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. But once I left home and I was working full time, I had so much else in my life that I wasn't going to fret over whether I, you know, whether I had um, an extra serving of chicken more than... You were allowed. I was allowed or something like that. But, yeah, I think I would have had it but not known. I definitely knew I wasn't anorexic but it, it, it was, was an unhealthy. Yeah, you had a disordered relationship 100%. with food at that time. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely felt for the first time in, time in my life like I was not attractive because I was carrying weight because I was a plumpy as my father used to call me. Oh you my know, god, are we know, unpacking family trauma? You know, you're just a bit plumpy. Literally like in love actually. Plumpy, come to the door. Literally. The Prime Minister's here. Literally. And I really don't know how I survived high school with my ego intact, but yeah, I had a really 
healthy ego. Thought I it was only till till that relationship A-hole kicked in. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is interesting. So, orthorexia is really just another yeah. name for something that's been around a long time. Exactly. I mean, that and that's the whole point of the idea of the almond mum it's giving a name to something that exists and is a common experience for so many people right absolutely and I can remember my own mum on diets and things so she always struggled with her weight so it, it wasn't a constant thing in my house there was always plenty of food and we weren't told what to eat and food was always big part of our lives mum was a cook like really great cook and but I remember her dieting and wearing girdles and for context a girdle is basically a waist trainer an old-fashioned waist trainer what you call it now yes the Kardashians brought them back I used to be fascinated watching her struggling (laughs) (laughs) poor grandma talking about her way too much but I do feel like we mums might sometimes be almond mums but well I'm not really almond mums but are trying to say the right thing so if you were wearing something really unflattering for example Mm. I know that I have said to you go on that would look better with Spanx I think, but I don't want you to go out in an outfit that would look, you know, better with some spank. Okay, listen, I I take your point. I think it's there's a natural maternal instinct to protect your children. The world is a harsh place, right? You're not trying to like curb my eating or behavior. You're more coming from a place of, oh, I'm worried that people will make fun of you or think badly of you. And I think that's where a lot of it comes into. I think maybe the next jump to the arm and mum is where if I told you, for example, if I pushed back and said, no, can't be bothered, I don't care, you would say, oh, okay, just my two cents. Whereas I feel like the arm and mum is that extra step. They're a bit more critical. They're the ones that are so fiercely controlling what their children do and yes there may be a protective element of it they don't want their children to you know be bullied as you were for your weight or criticized but I feel like the almond mum is kind of that is kind of an exemplification of the relationship between a mother who really wants to control her daughter's image and because that reflects on her and imposes you know her own image or certain things that she achieved or wanted to achieve but didn't in her youth onto her daughter. Okay, so... So projecting her own insecurities and anxieties and really doubling down. Or I'm going to play devil's advocate here for Yolanda Hadid. Oh, she really does not need that. No, I know she doesn't, but, you know, let's just give give it a go. Yeah. So Gigi really wanted a career as a model. Yeah, then, but did she? She really wanted to play basketball, but Yolanda said, 
you need to quit if you're going to do any modeling because you are getting too big, you eat too much. The amount you play volleyball, I was going around telling people I thought my daughter was a lesbian. Like she, I think, again, very controlling, pushed her daughter into what she She wanted to do. And she placed that value on being a model. You're beautiful, your looks. Yes, of course, I'm sure, obviously, Gigi's carried on and done it. But I think a lot is to be said by the fact, you know, she settled down and had a kid pretty young. Mm. And now she kind of picks and chooses how much modelling she does. Let's just assume she really wanted the career. Mm. Then is that not in a way just being realistic to say in the modelling industry, I know what it is because I was a supermodel. Me being Yolanda. Yeah. Not Lexi. <laughs> I, I, you are a I was a plumpy. No, you are uh, gorgeous. So um, I was a supermodel. This is what it takes. If you really want to make it, then you can't be wolfing down the pizza and the... Well, I don't think Gigi was ever doing that. She was... She was starving. Starving and about to pass out and she said she really slowly chewed two bloody almonds. Like that is putting your eating right, disorder settle, on your door settle down settle down what i'm saying is just just for Gigi. maybe the mum but is, most mums most almond mums aren't yolanda hadid aren't models. forcing their daughters into modeling they're just you know your average mum and i think the conflict often lies where you know the daughter is a maybe less interested in her looks mm. or her weight or is Honest. I see it happen sometimes, you know, where the daughter is maybe less attractive physically than the mother mm. or then the mother may have been as at the same age. Right. So it's like it becomes like a project and an obsession for the mother. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do know what you mean. Whereas the, and the daughter's like, oh, okay. So, you know, sometimes she may go along with it, say in the case of Gigi. But I think then you have the chance where it really butts head where the mum can't deal with the fact that the daughter is overweight and doesn't, doesn't want to eat. Yeah. Like, mm. and that's no matter how much she tries, like that is the only, it just becomes like such an unhealthy focus of their relationship and it drives a wedge between them. Do all almond mothers have a like uh, could you be an almond mother if you didn't have an some sort of eating disorder yourself so you're talking about if you had like a diagnosable anorexia or no not really but say clearly let's go back to Yolanda she clearly had to watch what she ate to be a supermodel yeah regardless of the fact that she always would have had a lovely body and genetics genetically blessed so would you have to just say you're someone that's never ever had to watch what you eat um and you've always been you know naturally slender you've got a healthy relationship with food but your child your daughter for example tends to be plump could you are you then an armor mother if you're trying to help her watch her weight? Should you just not say anything? Listen, I'm not a mother and I think we need to remember that Arm and Mom is not in the 
psychological diagnostic and statistics manual. It is a term that has been popularized on TikTok and in social media by Gen Z, right? It's a broad term to kind of capture this amorphous phenomenon that everyone's kind of Mm. sees and understands and relates to to some degree and understands. So it's a vague concept. I think if you have a healthy relationship with food, you are not in a real... In, in a real sense, if you have a healthy relationship with food, diet, exercise and body image and your child is overweight, you're not an almond mum because you're, you the approach to that would reflect that. So, for example, I'm going to use you and me as an example. Now, when I was going through puberty, I had some puppy fat. I was never a lanky child, you know. I always had a little bit to pinch shall we say but when I went through a time where I became more self-conscious about my body maybe like year nine year ten so like 15 16 Mm. and I voiced those concerns to you yeah and you said okay well you're not feeling good but remember you kind of phrased it as we do this for to feel good on the inside so you're not feeling good because the foods that you're putting in your body and the lack of exercise is, you know, making you feel sluggish. It's also making your mood feel bad. Like it's affecting your mental health basically. And so you're like, okay, we'll, we'll do this together. We're going to try and eat healthy and do some more walks together in order to make you feel healthy in order for you to feel healthier health on the insides health on the outside yeah so you weren't saying to me babe you've gotten fat you need to I'm taking you to Weight Watchers it was I came to you with the concern saying I'm not happy I I'm feeling really sad about my appearance and you're like okay this is what we can do do you want to do it but yeah so you pointed it out to me you pointed out my options when I voiced a concern and it was never restrictive. It was all led by what I wanted to do, but you were there to kind of guide me. I also tried to make it less about losing weight and more mm. about feeling better and mental health and yeah, and mind body health rather than putting you on the scales, doing all of that. I never ever wanted you to go down that path. Yeah, I have no idea what I would have weighed at any point during school. Yeah, which is a good thing because... People always compare what they weighed as adults to what they weighed in high school, don't they? I think I was so careful about it because of what I went through in my 20s. Mm. And so I never wanted you to go down that path of calorie counting and... Yeah. And restrictive eating and really eating like certain foods and not eating certain foods. I just wanted you to think about health. Yeah. So I guess long story short, the answer is I feel like A, it has to be somewhat driven by the child if you if they want to lose weight in order not to be considered an almond mom. And B, it's more from a lens of guiding, more from a lens of mind-body health and not a focus on image 
and criticism of appearance. Right. I think I would say. Yes. I think really at the core of the arm and mum is this idea, this real criticism. I also think as mothers, and this probably isn't an arm and mother because they might not be critical of their children, but with children it really is that monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. So if you're disordered in your own eating or you have certain attitudes to food, it would be very difficult not to pass that on to your children. And Yeah, I mean, God help Gwyneth Paltrow's children, particularly her daughter. Well, as we know in our own lives, you, you know, you talk to people who have had issues with food and then they'll tell you that they're mother was had issues or Mm. their grandmother had issues or often both so I mean in a way it really is generational trauma that I think is so normalized yes like it's passed down from mother to daughter to daughter like yes on repeat because it is so normalized in our society and I mean I watched that episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when it came out 10 years ago. I did too. And I didn't think Yeah, thing. neither. I mean, I was like 14, but probably shouldn't have I, been watching I, it. But anyway. I do remember another episode though when it was her birthday. Yeah. And she was, she said, you are allowed a piece of cake. And uh, then she said, not that big or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, that's a bit rough. And no, she goes, she goes, you know, um, it's your birthday she goes, come on, mom, like, let's have a bit of cake. Like, it's my birthday. I want to celebrate. Like, going, yeah, it's a special occasion. I'm going to I have a piece of cake. Whoop it up. And she goes, mm, no, half of that, half of that again. And it was literally a crumb each. Yes. And she said, mm. she was like, you've got to be careful, Gigi. You know, in Paris and Milan, they like them a little bit tinier. And it's like, oh, my God, this girl is already wasting away. And it's her birthday. And obviously that may be true that those European fashion houses have incredibly restrictive standards for their models. Mm. But, geez, I mean, kind of in a way, thanks for saying that and for inadvertently exposing those standards. Yeah. But, yeah, 10 years ago, no one batted an eye. It was all just like, oh, yeah, I guess we just got to accept that. Whereas now it's all like, "Mm, the resistance is a bit louder. What about a Zempic now? I mean, that's going to really, like all those models will be just be on a Zempic, won't they? I mean, yes. I think a lot of them do a lot of um, illegal substances to remain thin and suppress appetite. Right. That's really, really common, um, including like, what is it? Um, is it that vet thing? No, not ketamine. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no. not up with my legal substances. Maybe, maybe. Um, there's a, cocaine. Yeah, that's. A, I'm trying to keep this age. Maybe there's some younger people listening to this. Well, I suppose you know people take laxatives. People do all sorts flat of, tummy teas in the early days of Instagram. Everyone was flogging them, the Kardashians, really and they were they? just laxative teas. Really? Yeah, and that was what like influences 
in the minds of the people, that is what they started out doing, flat tummy tea. And so I think it, like from the jump, influences were kind of delegitimized because mm. that was what they started doing in like 2013, 2014. Mm. That was their biggest market. Right. Basically selling unregulated laxatives. So, yes, I think the problem is it's not the fault of the almond mum. The almond mum exists because of society and mm. expectations. Like Yolanda Hadid would not have been telling Gigi that she couldn't have cake for her birthday because Paris and Milan, like the girls skinnier there, if the fashion houses allowed women to be normal-sized. And I don't want mums out there to be too paranoid that they're um, mums either. If we are telling our daughters, oh, perhaps, you know, <laughs> you might like to um, wear something Spanx. a little more flattering. Um, that's... I think, though, like, it is important, I think, just as you brought up for my generation to think, have a bit of self-reflection and a pause for thought about, you know, whether it is wellness or whether it really is just a diet and you're kind of tricking yourself. I do think the point maybe for your generation to take away is to maybe have a bit of a pause for thought about the way that you speak to your daughters or sons about weight and about food and, you know, your own habits and how, you know, maybe you they may be quite restrictive with their own eating. I think it's just an important thing as a whole collective across generations, mother, daughter, sons, whoever, to pause for thought and go, why am I behaving this way towards food and how is that impacting the people closest to me, like my children or other family members? I think so. And just think about, as you say, why you're doing something and, and look, it might it might be to keep at a certain weight as long as that weight's healthy and it's a good thing. But I think if anything starts impinging on your life, if you start to become, as you say, distressed because you can't get that workout in or if you are really, you know... Restricting, restricting social outings. social outings, restricting kinds of foods or eliminating foods or something like that or only commenting on appearance kind of in a negative way or nitpicky way about food towards a child oh absolutely or or your clothes you know I think you know if the only time that you comment on food is when they're sitting down and having a snack and you go moment on the lips lifetime on the hips yeah rather than going oh that looks nice you know what message is that sending I think we have established that you are not an almond mom however I think there is traces of the almond mom in every woman (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) and yes I did recommend you wore Spanx one night. <laughs> More than once. I confess, I confess. So many times. Forgive me. I'm reporting you. Forgive me. But yeah, it's about I do forgive you. Now you're aware. Thank if you. I, I don't have to wear fat. I don't have to wear Spanx if I don't want to. You don't have to wear Spanx and I would let you go out without them if uh, 
Mum, you know, you don't let me go out. I'm 24. I think as mothers, we're, we're all just doing the best we can. And to wrap up, I would like to send my thoughts and prayers to Gigi and Bella Hadid and Apple Martin, Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter, because you guys really have the archetypal almond mum. And I hope that you might explore family therapy in the future. Thank you for everyone that's listening and has enjoyed the last episodes. Yeah, shout out to our listener in Belgium. Yes. Not sure if you're a bot, but if you're a real person, please DM us on TikTok or Instagram. We are stoked that you're out there. I don't know what a bot is, but anyway, yes, thank you, that person in Belgium. I'm (laughs) hoping you're real, real, if that's what a bot is. Uh, But if you are listening, please subscribe and five-star review five-star review on apple and spotify and feel free to send us a message if you have feedback or any ideas for what you'd like us to talk about next week on smart casual bye bye okay do that again bye bye why was that so low one more time bye (laughs) mom can you you just like do it normally say bye just be natural act natural bye Okay, that was good. Bye.